Welcome to the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. This podcast will be a sharing of part of my morning routine as I prepare for the day with the Word of God. We will be partaking of Puritan prayers from the Valley of Vision, each day's morning devotional from Charles Haddon Spurgeon's Morning and Evening, and we'll be reading from the Legacy Standard Bible, which is the newest and, I believe, the most accurate translation of the Word of God. We will be following a Bible reading calendar that provides for reading the whole Bible in a year that was created by Minister Robert Murray McShane for his congregation back in 1842, and that has been a part of my daily reading for over six years now. Good morning and welcome to the Sunday morning, June 11th episode of the Faith Comes From Hearing podcast. I'm Wayne Floyd, your host. Faith Comes From Hearing podcast is a humble member of the Christian podcast community. You can find us over at christianpodcastcommunity.org. A lot of great listen over there. Definitely worth your while. I want to continue to point you at the final two links at our show notes. Excuse me. Uh, the first one is for the Vail Valley Baptist Church Gives In Go campaign. We are striving to rapidly pay off our mortgage so that we can commence establishment of a Christian classic education-based school to provide a trustworthy alternative here in our community. Go ahead and click on the link. It'll provide you a much more thorough description than I just did. And then we would ask three things of you. We'd ask you to pray for us. We'd ask for you to prayerfully consider giving to us. And we would ask you to pass the link along so others can do the same. Uh, the, the, excuse me, the uh, final link in our show notes is for... Um, Nathaniel Jolly. Uh, it's called, I, in the link, it's Transportation for Church Planners Jollies. Um, that is Nathaniel Jolly and his wife. They are church planners up in Alaska. They have a broken down automobile. It is the only one they have. It is critical both for them and for their ministry, for their church, their church plant up there. Um, and it needs to be repaired. Obviously, repair is going to be cheaper than replacement. Uh, they're going to need about $8,000. So go ahead and click on that link as well. Um, this is a great brother in Christ uh, doing wonderful work for God up there. So definitely worthwhile for us to help him. Uh, like I said, go ahead and click on the link. It'll give you a much more thorough description of the need. Then we would ask the same thing of you to pray for them, to prayerfully consider giving to them, and to pass the link along. All right. Well, again, this is Sunday morning. Uh, we're going to go ahead and we are going to open up with the first day morning prayer. It's called worship. Let's pray. O oh Lord, we commune with thee every day, but weekdays are worldly days and secular concerns reduce heavenly impressions. We bless thee, therefore, for the day sacred to our souls, when we can wait upon thee and be refreshed. We thank thee for the institutions of religion, by use of which we draw near to thee and thou to us. We rejoice in another Lord's day, when we call off our minds from the cares of the world and attend upon thee without distraction. Let our retirement be devout, our conversation edifying, our reading pious, our hearing profitable, that our souls may be quickened and elevated. We are going to the house of prayer. Pour upon us the spirit of grace and supplication. We are going to the house of praise. Awaken in us every grateful and cheerful emotion. We are going to the house of instruction. Give testimony to the word of, I'm sorry, give testimony to the word preached and glorify it in the hearts of all who hear. May it enlighten the ignorant, awaken the careless, reclaim the wandering, establish the weak, comfort the feeble-minded, make ready a people for their Lord. Be a sanctuary to all who cannot come, forget not those who never come, and do thou bestow upon us benevolence towards our dependents, forgiveness towards our enemies, peaceableness towards our neighbors, openness towards our fellow Christians. Amen. All right. Now our morning devotion, uh, the text for it is from 1 John 4.19. We love him because he first loved us. 
There is no light in the planet, but that which proceedeth from the sun. And there is no true love to Jesus in the heart, but that which cometh from the Lord Jesus himself. From this overflowing fountain of the infinite love of God, all our love to God must spring. This must ever be a great and certain truth that we love him for no other reason than because he first loved us. Our love to him is the fair offspring of his love to us. Cold admiration when studying the works of God, anyone may have, but the warmth of love can only be kindled in the heart by God's Spirit. How great the wonder that such as we should ever have been brought to love Jesus at all. How marvelous that when we had rebelled against him, he should, by a display of such amazing love, seek to draw us back. No, never should we have had a grain of love towards God, unless it had been sown in us by the sweet seed of his love to us. Love, then, has for its parent the love of God shed abroad in the heart, but after it, it, after it is thus divinely born, it must be divinely nourished. Love is an exotic. It is not a plant which will flourish naturally in human soil. It must be watered from above. Love to Jesus is a flower of a delicate nature, and it is and if it received no nourishment but that which could be drawn from the rock of, of our hearts, it would soon wither. As love comes from heaven, so it must feed on heavenly bread. It cannot exist in the wilderness unless it be fed by manna from on high. Love must feed on love. The very soul and life of our love to God is his love to us. I love thee, Lord, but with no love of mine, for I have none to give. I love thee, Lord, but all the love is thine. For by the love I, for by thy love I live, I am as nothing and rejoice to be emptied and lost and swallowed up in thee. All right, well let's do our reading for the day. We are going to be reading First Kings eight, Acts seven verse fifty one through Acts eight verse thirteen, Psalm one twenty nine, Proverbs seventeen verse one. So First Kings eight. Then Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the leaders of the father's households of the sons of Israel, to King Solomon in Jerusalem, to bring up the Ark of the Covenant to Yahweh from the city of David, which is Zion. And all the men of Israel assembled themselves to King Solomon at the feast, in the month Ethanim, which is the seventh month. Then all the elders of Israel came, and the priests carried the Ark, and they brought up the Ark of Yahweh and the tent of meeting and all the holy utensils which were in the tent, and the priests and the Levites brought them up. And King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel, who congregated to him, being with him before the Ark, were sacrificing so many sheep and oxen that they could not be counted or numbered. Then the priests brought the Ark of the Covenant of Yahweh to its place, into the inner sanctuary of the house, to the Holy of Holies, under the wings of the cherubim. For the cherubim spread their wings over the place of the Ark, and the cherubim made a covering over the Ark and its poles from above. But the poles were so long that the ends of the poles could be seen from the holy place before the inner sanctuary, but they could not be, not be seen outside, and they are there to this day. There was nothing in the ark except the two tablets of stone, which Moses laid there at Horeb, where Yahweh cut a covenant with the sons of Israel, when they came out of the land of Egypt. Now it happened that when the priests came out of the holy place, the cloud filled the house of Yahweh, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of Yahweh filled the house of Yahweh. Then Solomon said, Yahweh has said that he would dwell in the cloud of dense gloom. I have surely built you a lofty house, a place for your dwelling forever. Then the king turned his face around and blessed all the assembly of Israel, while all the assembly of Israel was standing. 
And he said, Blessed be Yahweh, the God of Israel, who spoke with his mouth to my father David, and has fulfilled it by his hand, saying, Since the day that I brought my people Israel from Egypt, I did not choose a city out of all the tribes of Israel in which to build a house, that my name might be there. But I have chosen David to be over my people Israel. And it was in the heart of my father David to build a house for the name of Yahweh, the God of Israel. But Yahweh said to my father David, Because it was in your heart to build a house for my name, you did well that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build the house, but your son who will come forth from your loins, he shall build the house for my name. And Yahweh has established his word which he spoke, and I have been established in place of my father David, and sit on the throne of Israel, as Yahweh promised, and have built the house for the name of Yahweh the God of Israel. And there I have set a place for the ark in which is the covenant of Yahweh, which he cut with our fathers when he brought them from the land of Egypt. Then Solomon stood before the altar of Yahweh, before all the assembly of Israel, and spread out his hands toward heaven. And he said, O Yahweh, the God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or upon earth beneath, keeping covenant and loving kindness to your slaves who walk before you with all their heart who have kept with your servant my father david that which you have promised him indeed you have promised with your mouth and have fulfilled it by your hand as it is this day so now o yahweh the god of israel keep with your servant david my father that which you have promised him saying you shall not have a man cut off from before me who is to sit on the throne of israel if only your sons keep their way to walk as you have walked before me so now, O God of Israel, let your word truly endure, which you have spoken to your servant, my father David. But will God truly dwell on the earth? Behold, heaven and the highest heaven cannot contain you, how much less this house which I have built. Yet have regard to the prayer of your slave and to his supplication. O Yahweh my God, to listen to the cry and to the prayer which, you, which your slave prays before you today that your eyes may be open toward this house night and day toward the place of which you have said my name shall be there to listen to the prayer which your slave shall pray toward this place and listen to the supplication of your slave and of your people israel when they pray toward this place listen in heaven your dwelling place listen and forgive if a man sins against his neighbor and is made to take an oath, and he comes and takes an oath before your altar in this house, then listen in heaven and act and judge your slaves, condemning the wicked by bringing his way on his own head, and justifying the righteous by bringing him reward according to his righteousness. When your people Israel are defeated before an enemy because they have sinned against you, if they turn to you again and confess your name and pray and make supplication to you in this house, then listen in heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land which you gave to their fathers. When the heavens are shut up and there is no rain because they have sinned against you and they pray towards this place and confess your name and turn from their sin when you afflict them. Then listen in heaven, and forgive the sin of your slaves, and of your people Israel. Indeed, teach them the good way in which they should walk, and give rain on your land, which you have given to your people for an inheritance. If there is famine in the land, if there is pestilence, if there is scorching wind or mildew, locust or grasshopper, if there... If their enemy besieges them in the land of their cities, whatever plague, whatever sickness there is, whatever prayer or supplication is made by any man or by all your people Israel, each of whom knows the affliction of his own heart and spreads his hands towards this house, then listen in heaven, your dwelling place, and forgive and act and give to each according to all his ways, whose heart you know, for you alone know the hearts of all the sons of men, that they may fear you all the days that they live upon the face of the land, which you have given to our fathers. 
Also concerning the foreigner who is not of your people Israel, if he comes from a far country for your name's sake, for they will hear of your great name and your strong hand and of your outstretched arm. So if he comes and prays towards this house, listen in heaven, your dwelling place, and do according to all for which the foreigner calls to you, in order that all the peoples of the earth may know your name to fear you, as do your people Israel, and to know that your name is called upon this house which I have built. When your people go out to battle against their enemy, by whatever way, you shall send them, and they pray to Yahweh towards the city which you have chosen, and the house which I have built for your name. Then listen in heaven to their prayer and their supplication, and do justice. When they sin against you, for there is no man who does not sin, and you are angry with them and give them over to an enemy, so that they take, they take them away captive to the land of the enemy far off or near. And if they cause these things to return to their heart in the land where they have been taken captive, and return and make supplication to you in the land of those who have taken them captive, saying, We have sinned and have committed iniquity, we have acted wickedly. And if they return to you with all their heart and with all their soul in the land of their enemies who have taken them captive and pray to you towards their land, which you have given to their fathers, the city which you have chosen and the house which I have built in your name, or built for your name, then listen in heaven, your dwelling place, to their prayer and their supplication and do justice for them. And forgive your people who have sinned against you and all their transgressions which they have transgressed against you, and give them over as objects of compassion before those who have taken them captive, that they may have compassion on them. For they are your people and your inheritance which you have brought forth from Egypt and from the midst of the iron furnace." that your eyes may be open to the supplication of your slave and to the supplication of your people Israel to listen to them wherever they call to you. For you have separated them from all the peoples of the earth as your inheritance, as you spoke by the hand of Moses, your servant, when you brought our fathers forth from Egypt, O Lord Yahweh. Now it happened that when Solomon had finished praying this entire prayer and supplication to Yahweh, he arose from before the altar of Yahweh from kneeling on his knees with his hands spread towards heaven. And he stood and blessed all the assembly of Israel with a loud voice, saying, Blessed be Yahweh, who has given rest to his people Israel, according to all that he promised. Not one promise has failed of all his good promises, which he promised by the hand of Moses his servant. May Yahweh our God be with us as he was with our fathers. May he not forsake us or abandon us, that he may incline our hearts to himself to walk in all his ways, and to keep his commandments and his statutes and his judgments, which he commanded our fathers. And may these words of mine, with which I have made supplication before Yahweh, be near to Yahweh our God day and night, that he may do justice for his slave and justice for his people Israel, as each day requires, so that all the peoples of the earth may know that Yahweh is God, there is no one else. Let your heart therefore be wholly devoted to Yahweh our God, to walk in his statutes and to keep his commandments, as at this day." Now the king and all Israel with him were offering sacrifices before Yahweh, and Solomon offered for the sacrifice of peace offerings, which he offered to Yahweh, 22,000 oxen and 120,000 sheep. So the king and all the sons of Israel dedicated the house of Yahweh. On the same day the king set apart as holy the middle of the court that was before the house of Yahweh, because there he offered the burnt offering and the grain offering and the fat of the peace offering. For the bronze altar that was before Yahweh was too small to hold the burnt offering and the grain offering and the fat of the peace offerings. So Solomon celebrated the feast at that time, and all Israel with him, a great assembly from Lebo Hamath to the brook of Egypt, before Yahweh our God, for seven days and seven more days, even fourteen days. On the eighth day he sent the people away, and they blessed the king. 
Then they went to their tents with gladness and goodness of heart because of all the goodness that Yahweh had shown to David his servant and to his to Israel his people. All right. Acts 7 verse 51. You men, stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears, are always resisting the Holy Spirit as your fathers did, so do you. And which one of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? They killed those who had previously announced the coming of the righteous one, whose betrayers and murderers you have now become. You who received the law as ordained by angels and yet did not observe it. Now when they heard this, they became furious in their hearts, and they began gnashing their teeth at him. But being fully of the Holy Spirit, he gazed intently into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, Behold, I see the heavens opened up and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. But crying out with a loud voice, they covered their ears and rushed at him with one accord. And when they had driven him out of the city, they began stoning him. And the witnesses laid aside their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul. They went on stoning Stephen as he was calling out and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Then falling on his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And having said this, he fell asleep. Acts 8, starting in verse 1, going to verse 13. Now Saul was in hearty agreement with putting him to death. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. And some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentations over him. But Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house, and dragging off men and women. He was delivering them into prison. Therefore those who had had been scattered went about proclaiming the good news of the word. Now Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began preaching Christ to them, and the crowds with one accord were giving attention to what was being said by Philip, as they heard and saw the signs which he was doing. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was great joy in that city. Now there was a man named Simon who formerly was practicing magic in the city, and astounding the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. And they all, from smallest to greatest, were giving attention to him, saying, This man is what is this man is what is called the great power of God. And they were giving him attention because he had for a long time astounded them with his magic arts. But when they believed Philip proclaiming good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued on with Philip, and as he observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly astounded. All right, Psalm 129, A Song of Ascents. Many times they have assailed me from my youth up. Let Israel now say, Many times they have assailed me from my youth up, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back, they lengthened their furrows. Yahweh is righteous, he has cut up the cords of the wicked. Let all who hate Zion be put to shame and turned backward. Let them be like grass upon the rooftops, which dries up before it grows up, with which the reaper does not fill his hand, nor the binder of sheaves the fold of his garment. And those who pass by will not say, The blessing of Yahweh be upon you. We bless you in the name of Yahweh. Finally, Proverbs 17, verse 1. Better is a dry morsel and tranquility with it than a house full of feasting with strife. All right, that is our scripture reading for the day. Let's do the evening devotion. The text for it is from Psalm 76.3. 
There break he the arrows of the bow, the shield, and the sword, and the battle. Our Redeemer's glorious cry of it is finished was the death knell of all the adversaries of his people, the breaking of the arrows of the bow, the shield, and the sword, and the battle. Behold the hero of Golgotha using his cross as an anvil and his woes as a hammer, dashing to shivers bundle after bundle of our sins, those poisoned arrows of the bow, trampling on every indictment and destroying every accusation. What glorious blows the mighty breaker gives with a hammer far more ponderous than the fabled weapon of Thor. How the diabolical darts fly to fragments and the infernal bucklers are broken like potter's vessels. Behold, he draws from its sheath of hellish workmanship the dread sword of satanic power. He snaps it across his knee as a man breaks the dry wood of a faggot, and he casts it into the fire. Beloved, no sin of a believer can now be an arrow mortally to wound him. No condemnation can now be a sword to kill him. For the punishment of our sin was borne by Christ. A full atonement was made for all our iniquities by our blessed substitute and surety. Who now accuseth? Who now condemneth? Christ hath died, yea, rather, hath risen again. Jesus has emptied the quiver of hell, has quenched every fiery dart, and broken off the head of every arrow of wrath. The ground is strewn with the splinters and relics of the weapons of hell's warfare, which are only visible to us to remind us of our former danger and of our great deliverance. Sin hath no more dominion over us. Jesus has made an end of it, and put it away forever. O thou enemy, destructions are come to a perpetual end. Talk ye of all the wondrous works of the Lord. Ye who make mention of his name, keep not silence, neither by day nor when the sun goeth to their rest. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Um, I want to I want to go back. I don't normally do this, but I want to go back because the, he uses a word that in his time had a different meaning than the, the slang that we've come across. Uh, he wrote this sentence. He snaps it across his knee, knee as a man breaks the dry wood of a faggot and casts it into the fire faggot there what that meant in that time was a stick it was a stick it's not not the ugly slang term so i just wanted to clarify that nobody nobody thought i was trying to use crude words that the way spurgeon was speaking of this is that was a a, a stick it was a wood stick the dry wood he broke as a man breaks the dry wood of a stick and casts it into the fire okay so don't don't think i'm trying to use gnarly words but i thought i ought to clarify that for anybody that doesn't know that, you know, 19th century English, um, I think it was 19th century when he was writing. Um, so please understand Spurgeon wasn't saying nothing nasty and neither was I. All right. Well, that is our program for the day with some, a little bit of interest there at the end. I hope you have a wonderful day. I, if you haven't, if you haven't worshiped with the saints yet this weekend, um, change your plans for today and go worship with the saints. We need to all be worshiping with the saints. Uh, fact is I'm actually going to be, um, preaching today. Actually, I'm leading the whole service, including a little children's message and preaching today. I think I'm I'm also leading our adult Bible study tonight, and my wife and I are teaching Sunday school today. So it is going to be, <coughs> excuse me, a very, very full day. I hope your will, your, yours will be as well with um, glorifying the Lord. Um, I would continue, I, I hope you have a wonderful day. I would continue to prompt you to do all that you do for the glory of God. And I hope to see you back Monday. I, I'm hoping, I think I'll have the time to have Bible study ready. So we'll be able to do Bible study for the evening segment for, for Monday. But let's go ahead and close out with the first day evening prayer. It's called the teacher, the teacher. Let's pray. Oh God, 
We bless thee, our creator, preserver, benefactor, teacher, for opening to us the volume of nature, where we may read and consider thy works. Thou hast this day spread before us the fuller pages of revelation, and in them we see what thou wouldst have us do, what thou requirest of us, what thou hast done for us, what thou hast promised to us, what thou hast given us in Jesus. We pray thee for a conscious experience of his salvation, and our deliverance from sin, and our bearing his image, and our enjoying his presence, and our being upheld by his free spirit. Let us not live uncertain of what we are or where we are going. Bear witness with our spirit that we are thy children, and enable each one to say, I know my Redeemer. Bless us with a growing sense of this salvation. If already enlightened in Christ, may we see greater things. If quickened, may we have more abundant life. If renewed, let us go on from strength to strength. Give us closer abiding in Jesus, that we may bring forth more fruit. Have a deeper sense of our obligations to him, that we may surrender all. Have a fuller joy, that we may serve him more completely. And may our faith work by love towards him who died, towards our fellow believers, towards our fellow men. Amen. All right, again, I hope you have a great day. I would definitely implore you to worship with the saints, and I hope to see you tomorrow. Have a good one. God bless. (music) 